What's up and welcome to Ask Father Josh, the podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, and hopefully respond in such a way that it's helpful for you to become a saint in your walk toward eternity. Uh, here's how the show goes. You hit me up with three to five questions dealing with anything and everything from morality to spirituality, relationship advice, evangelization, catechesis, works of charity, and uh, acts of justice, whatever your, your question might be. I will then uh, sit with your questions. I'll pray with them. I will study and then hopefully get back to you in a way that is helpful for you to become a saint, for you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. But my disclaimer is this. I am not perfect. Therefore, the advice I give to you might not be good for you. If that is the case, then please take the freedom to just reject whatever it is that I say that does not help you to, again, grow with Jesus. However, if my advice is helpful, though difficult, which sometimes the demands of discipleship could be, then I want to encourage you to lean into Jesus Christ in prayer and in study and in fellowship and in worship so that God can give you the grace over time to uh, to do his will in his way, in his time. If you are a first time listener, you can hit me up with your own questions at www.assistionpress.com slash askfatherjosh, spell out the word ask, A-S-K-F-A-T-H-E-R, Josh, J-O-S-H, askfatherjosh. Uh, and you can fill out in the description uh, your comments, your critiques, your questions for this show, for past shows, for future shows. Uh, if you want to stay in touch with me, you can um, stay in touch with me by getting the book Broken and Blessed or Pocket Guide Adoration or by just being aware of the new book coming out between my buddy, Father Mike Schmitz and myself, uh, Pocket Guide to the Sacrament of Reconciliation. Uh, and so that's going to be coming out in 2021, early in the year. Uh, and so you could uh, get all those works to just kind of stay connected uh, throughout the week. Uh, now, on today's show, we are going to talk about the year of St. Joseph. We're also going to talk about uh, the incarnation, uh, the Eucharistic fast as well. Um, and so we have a lot of really cool topics to address on today's show. But before we get into those topics, I want to share with you a glory story. So, glory story time. First of all, I, I'm super grateful because I, uh, I'm drinking my coffee right now, so... Give me one second. Oh, so good. Yeah, so good. Oh, wow. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Ah, love, love coffee. So my glory story. The Bible is still my glory story, y'all. Ah, man, the Lord is so, so good. I am still being in this season of my priesthood, just drawn in a new way to scripture and my love for his word and yeah, it just it's just been very beautiful. Like, uh, and I don't even prayer, but throughout the day, as I'm receiving from people in conversations, in person, and over the phone, and even online, it's been very beautiful. The Lord has just been drawing me from those conversations to the Word of God, to the sacred scriptures, uh, so that I can think with the mind of Christ, uh, and then respond. Uh, in union with Christ because of my proximity to the Word of God, the Bible. So it's just been a lot of really beautiful experiences lately of immediately being drawn to the Word of God. And I'm just so grateful 
to the Holy Spirit for allowing me to be drawn like this in this season of my life. Uh, it's been so, so good. So, so that's kind of my glory story. It's just, man, it's just, I, the relationship is just in a great place right now. So thank you, Holy Spirit, uh, for, yeah, for the Bible. <laughs> thank you, church, for that. That's a gift from the church. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Feedback time. So feedback. This comes in from anonymous. Um, I just like to say how much of a blessing Father Josh and Assistant Press has been in my life, especially while I've been trying to figure out how to be Catholic in this generation and in this time. As someone from a mixed race heritage uh, who felt like I've never quite belonged, uh, not just for my heritage, but because of how differently I thought and felt about things, the body of Christ has become home to me. Oh, praise God. So good. I love how down to earth you are, and I've enjoyed sharing your podcast and also your book, Broken and Blessed, with people, even atheists, to help share my faith anonymous. Oh, that is so beautiful. I am so grateful to hear that uh, you are a necessary member of the body of Christ. We need you. You have gifts that we don't have, and we have gifts that you don't have, and it is only through abiding together that we could share those gifts and help each other become the saints that God wants us to be. So, yeah. Now, let's go ahead and uh, get into today's show. I wonder if they had coffee back in, in Jesus' time. Um, I wonder if Jesus drank coffee and if Mary and Joseph drank coffee. I mean, I think they should have because, like, all the times that, like, the angel told, like, Joseph to get up and go, like, bro, like, <laughs> like, let me get some coffee because, uh, you know, <laughs> a brother got to wake up. Uh, so wake me up when we're all over. And something, something, and on this time I was something. All right, so speaking of St. Joseph, Holy Father, Pope Francis. Y'all, Pope Francis is so funny. <laughs> like, like, can we just be real for a second? Can, can I just be completely, like, <laughs> Pope Francis be tripping me out. Because your, your boy, Pope Francis, my Holy Father, uh, who is the Pope, like, you know, for everybody who's like, you know, people be taking shots and stuff like he literally is such a unique pope in in history because one week he will say something or do something that will have half the world super confused <laughs> and being like say what <laughs> come again uh did you hear what he said <laughs> uh what does he really mean and the next week he does something like this and he says we're gonna have a year of saint joseph and everybody's like we love you pope francis you the best um <laughs> and then the next week something else happens and everybody's like I can't believe he just did that. And then the next week, he comes out and he says something else. I'm like, yeah, okay, we love you, Pope Francis. And so he is just a, a very funny Pope. And um, and I'm grateful for. I mean, it, it's uh, he keeps he keeps he's keeping the church on the church's toes. So he is um he is just hilarious. So yeah, it's just uh yeah, praise God, praise God for uh the unexpected. Uh, which especially for the life of Joseph, there were some of the things that were unexpected. So uh. Yeah, Pope Francis named the year of 2021, the year of St. Joseph. 
And uh, at least Advent, a certain Advent, yeah, right. Um, and so Steph wrote a question about that. Hey, Father Josh, thank you for your podcast and for encouraging me to sit down and actually read the Bible before doing other stuff. Oh, praise God. That's the that's the word. That's his word. That's his voice. St. Joseph was rooted in the word of God. Um, I appreciate the reminder. It's drawing me closer to God. Praise be to God. My question is something you had mentioned on your podcast. You mentioned that Pope Francis recently said that next year is the year of Joseph. What does that mean? I'm sorry. It's kind of cold down here. I'm not sick. I promise you. I'm just, man, it's cold. Uh, sorry. Uh, what does that mean? Uh, the year of? And what should I be doing to celebrate or recognize or give thanks? Any help or insight would be much appreciated. Thank you, Father. Stuff. Yeah. So great, great question. So a few things that one could do to um, celebrate this year. So the year is like where we focus the year, celebrating his life and uh, looking to him for inspiration as a witness to model our own discipleship after in our relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, it's a year where we're going to specifically ask for his intercession um, and in our in our walk toward eternity. Uh, but we are invited by the Lord to get to know Joseph um, in, a, in a much more profound way. So there's a number of things that you could do on a, a super spiritual level. You can look at the resources again from Ascension Press on St. Joseph, the Rejoice series, Rejoice Advent Meditations with Mary, Rejoice Advent Meditations with Joseph, and the current ones that many of us are doing right now, including myself, Rejoice Advent Meditations with the Holy Family. Like th Those meditations have helped me really grow closer, not only to Jesus and Mary, but to Joseph, who was a just man, who was a man who was rooted in the Word of God. And, and I do think that like it has been my proximity to Joseph that has been the reason why I've been so um, drawn in this season to so much more time with the Bible. Uh, because Joseph was a man of the scriptures. He was a just man, a righteous man, rooted in the word of God. And so, uh, yeah, so I think that you could do that. That you could also turn to one of our papal saints, John Paul II, who wrote an apostolic letter um, called The Guardian of the Redeemer, uh, Redemptoris Custos, on August 15th, 1989. It's a phenomenal, phenomenal letter uh, that St. John Paul did uh, about St. Joseph. Uh, because Joseph was the man who heaven trusted with the with the Son of God, with the Immaculate Virgin Mary. So definitely read that apostolic letter, and I would encourage you to pray with it. Apply the steps of Lexio Divina to it. Read it. What does it say? Meditate on it. What does it say to me? Pray with it. Uh, talk to God about what it says to you. Sit with it. Uh, and then to see how that letter, those words of our Holy Father, who is a saint, can inspire you. But also... Uh, Another episode letter was recently released by our current Pope, uh, Pope Francis. It's called Patris Corde, um, and uh, I would really encourage you to, to read it, to sit with it, to meditate on it, to pray with it, uh, because, yeah, again, it's another letter from our current Holy Father uh, about St. Joseph that can help us to grow. So I am going to be reading that this year, and so you could join me in that, and maybe even on the podcast, we could periodically discuss the fruits of our prayer uh, with Pope Francis's recent apostolic letter. Uh, and so those are some things that you could do to celebrate this year where we're going to intentionally walk with St. Joseph in our relationship with Jesus Christ uh, toward eternity. So, yeah, hopefully that was helpful. Speaking of St. Joseph, uh, our next question is about an event that happened that was very close to Joseph, <laughs> uh, and that is the incarnation. This uh, question comes in from Oscar uh, Oscar writes this, say, Father Josh, now that we are in the season of Advent and preparing for the coming of Christ, 
Prepare the way. Prepare the way. Prepare the way of the Lord. And then he goes like this. Jesus. 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 Oh, man, y'all, you know what I've been... Oscar, one, one second, bro. You know what I've been I've been jamming out to right now? Like, oh, it's Maverick City has this new Christmas album. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel. There's something, something, some, something. Ooh, something, something, yeah. Ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> I don't know the words to nothing. Uh, <laughs> I'm the worst. Like, whenever I, I be like doing communal prayers with people, <laughs> I have to read them because I be forgetting words like nobody's been. <laughs> Even the Nicene Creed at Mass, <laughs> I be like, I be mixing up with the Apostles' Creed. <laughs> oh, man. The gifts of being ADD. Uh, Father Josh, now that we're... Oh, you just asked the question. All right, so no, you didn't finish it because I went on my ADD mode and I just totally changed the subject. So let's start all over again. Aska says, hey, Father Josh, now that we're in the season of Advent, preparing for the coming of Christ. <laughs> now I remember where we're at. <laughs> I've been thinking more about the mystery of the incarnation. I was wondering if you could help me understand why God would want to become one of us. Why did God want to be one of us? <laughs> and how is Jesus God... And man at the same time. Oh, that's the hypostatic union, man. It's a great, great, great question. I know that our human minds may never comprehend the incarnation perfectly. And that's true. Uh, but could you elaborate a little bit on this part of Christianity, Oscar? Oscar, that is a great, great question. Bishop Fulton Sheen, he uh, is super great. He's one of my favorite uh, servants of God, uh, venerables. I'm sorry, he'll be, he, he might be blessed. Maybe, maybe soon, who knows? Uh, but he uh, is a person who... All through my seminary formation, I was just drawn to. I mean, I was drawn to a number of people in my seminary formation to to like devour their writings, and I, and I continue to be drawn to people uh, to devour writings of different people who had a voice, like Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. His words are super prophetic and powerful, and uh, and just rooted in Scripture. As was Bishop Fulton Sheen and Venerable Fulton Sheen, and he he really in a cool, quick way described the hypostatic union in this way: it's it's two what's. Um, one who, like, what, what, what's nature? One person, two natures, one person. So uh, he has a human nature, he has a divine nature. Uh, it's two natures, one person, Jesus. So <laughs> pretty cool. So as far as the incarnation, like, why is it necessary? What is it all about? So uh, one of our early church fathers, by the name of Saint Athanasius, like, can we please bring back like those kind of names? You know, like. Uh, you know, Josh is cool. I mean, Josh means it's, it comes from Yeshua, it means Jesus, God saves. So, like, I'm super grateful for my name. Shout out to my mom and daddy for calling me that. Uh, but, like, you know, we live in a time where you know, our names are okay. But, like, what about those, like, cool names? Like, Athanasius, uh, like, Tartisius. Is, it, is, that, is that his name? <laughs> I don't know. Tertullian. Uh, you know, like, uh, they had some really cool names. What's another one? Um, Perpetua. Yeah. Mm, get it. Uh, Cletus. 
<laughs> now that right there, look, y'all. If I ever, if I ever became pope, which I doubt would ever happen, but like, just say like it happened. <laughs> you know what name I'm picking? Cletus, Cletus, Pope Cletus, though, because he was like Pope Cletus was like the the third pope. I think it was Peter, and then Linus was the second one, and I think it was Cletus, Cletus. Uh, anyways, uh, so Saint Athanasius he said that uh, for the son. Of God became man so that we might become God. Whoa, stop. Whoa, does that sound like new age to you? Does that does that make you like pause? Like, did you just say that the Son of God became man so that we, as in you and me, um, me and you, might become God? Yeah, he, he did say that. This is the the teaching that is known as divinization. If you have that really cool book that I, I like to go to a lot, I actually was spending a lot of time yesterday in prayer with this book as well, the Catechism of the Catholic Church. It's a big section. Uh, not a big section, but it talks about divinization, uh, which is what the incarnation um, does for us. The inf- incarnation not only like restores our relationship with God, which is like God cares about relationship. He wants us to be in a living, vital relationship with him. Incarnation restores that. In addition to restoring our relationship with God, it also is the teaching that God became man. God took on flesh. This is from the Bible. Uh, in uh, the book of Hebrews, God right, took on flesh, became flesh in Jesus Christ and in everything of our humanity except for, for, for sin. So God takes on this flesh, puts on our humanity. So because he did this, not only is this an action to restore that right relationship with God, but it also raises us human beings, men and women, to a greater dignity than before, because before the incarnation, God had not taken on flesh. Now that he's taken on flesh, every game changes. The game has changed um, because now we have been lifted up by the grace of God to God. This happens through baptism. Like God, the sacraments are like a ladder. The sacraments, I think this is how Dr. Peter Kreef describes the sacraments. The sacraments are like a ladder, not that we climb up to God, but a ladder that Jesus Christ climbed down to us. He climbed down to us in this ladder through the sacraments. Baptism transforms us into the body of Christ. We become a dwelling place, the dwelling place of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We are transformed. We become a new creation at our baptism. Whenever the Father sees us, the Father no longer just sees men and women made in his image, but he sees men and women who are the body of Christ. So everything changes now, right? So the incarnation is one of the greatest, greatest gifts because it has given us a close proximity to God, a closer proximity to God than we had before the incarnation. So Jesus Christ takes on human flesh and and everything of our humanity except for sin. He experienced temptation, but only temptation of suggestion. He never experienced temptation of delight or consent, only suggestion, which means he could hear, hear the devil speak to him and offer things, but he never delighted in what the devil offered. He never consented to it. He never sinned. He was totally without sin, but he has our flesh on him now, and then he dies for us, like for our salvation through the cross. Because of our sin, we have been separated from God, right? And so the incarnation um, is the is really like the beginning of our salvation that comes through the cross of Jesus Christ and the resurrection, right? Because, because of his cross and resurrection, heaven has been opened. Heaven has been opened to us before Jesus Christ took on flesh. 
everyone who died before him did not go to heaven. They went to a waiting place if they were just. And uh, yeah. And so I'm sorry. I was I was in my, my zone and someone just texted me about my cat. I, y'all have a cat now. And uh, she 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 came here a while back and uh, I never liked cats, but uh, I felt bad for her because she didn't have a tail. And so I started taking care of her. And anyways, long story short, I love her now. And she she goes to adoration with me all the time. And uh, she like literally she will wait outside the adoration chapel to go pray. Um, and and she's great. Like she really is. Uh, she's a, 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 a just a great. Anyways, God became man. God did not become a cat. God did not become an, uh, an animal. So we're just <laughs> get back onto the topic of, of the incarnation. My bad. And so like the victory of the incarnation of the cross is completed in his resurrection where Jesus Christ is raised from the dead, right? No longer subject to death, no longer subject to corruption. Uh, so when he is resurrected, Jesus Christ is then experienced by his disciples in his glorified body, which looks totally different from his um, the body that he had before, right? And so the resurrection is the first fruits. And it is a sign that we too will be raised from the dead, and we too will one day be reunited, body and soul, and have a glorified body. Uh, without the incarnation, this would have never happened. And so incarnation is like such a huge, great gift to humanity, right? right? Because he took on our humanity. Like He chose us. He chose us. Like that's huge. He didn't choose anything else but us. You know, because of Adam's sin, um, we all have experienced death. But because of Christ's incarnation, in passion, in death, in resurrection, and ascension into heaven, we shall all be brought to life and eternal life um, if we abide in relationship with Christ who came to restore us, 1 Corinthians 15, 22. So hopefully that was helpful. We're going to take a quick break. And uh, when we come back, we're going to dive into our final question about fasting as a preparation for entering into God's presence um, at mass, fasting before Holy Communion. What if we break the fast? So stay tuned for that. I'm Jeff Cavins. I wrote The Activated Disciple because I know how easy it is to practice the faith and to study it, but what if we lived our entire lives without doing what we learned? God doesn't just call us to be students. He calls us to be disciples, to look and live like Jesus. If you yearn for a life that moves beyond just studying and believing, if you yearn to become an activated disciple, then this book is for you. The Activated Disciple teaches you how to take your faith to the next level so you can become an instrument for God to transform the world. To order The Activated Disciple, visit ascensionpress.com or Amazon. And we're back. Just a quick reminder, you can hit me up with your own questions, uh, comments, and critiques at www.essentialpress.com slash askfatherjosh. Spell out the word ask, spell out the word father, spell out the word Josh. Last question is about the Eucharistic fast. Hey, Father Josh, I love your podcast and I listen to it all the time uh, while I'm working out. So my question pertains to the Eucharistic fast. What if you accidentally break it? Should you not receive communion? Is it a sin if you still receive after you've eaten inside the hour? Um, thank you. Yeah, that's from Magdalene. So the 
fast. Let's talk about fasting first, and then we're going to lead up to communion. So fasting uh, is obviously goes back to the beginning of the Bible. In the book of Genesis, um, God invited Adam and Eve to fast from the tree in the garden, and they didn't. And so fasting is something that is goes all the way back to the beginning. Uh, and Jesus Christ himself, and when he's speaking to his disciples in the New Testament, he says, when you fast, not like if you fast, when you fast. So fasting is a normative um, part of anyone who's taking their relationship with God serious, whether you're Jew or Christian. Um, fasting is something that people did in the Old Testament and OT back in the day in the Old Te- Te Testament. Uh, that's what they did before they entered the presence of God. Uh, and so uh, this was seen by like Moses on Mount Sinai in the book of Exodus. Uh, he was there for 40 days and 40 nights. And guess what? He did not eat bread and he did not drink water, which is kind of crazy. Uh, like uh, I've never done that kind of fast before. Um, and yeah, so before he entered the presence of God, he fasted. And then while he was doing that, he was talking with God, right? When he went up there to Mount Sinai, he was talking with God, but he fasted in preparation for that encounter, face-to-face encounter with the presence of God. Likewise, Elijah the prophet, he also fasts 40 days and 40 nights before he uh, went up um, Mount Horeb uh, to, to encounter the presence of God. So like fasting is something that many of our spiritual fathers and mothers did before they would prepare to enter in the presence of God. It was something very that they took very serious. Uh, and it's pretty cool because it was Moses and Elijah who were there with Jesus at the top of Mount Tabor for the transfiguration. So that's pretty cool, right? Uh, but in, in the church as well, uh, fasting was a part of their the discipleship. In the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 13, uh, in Antioch, they were worshiping the Lord and they were fasting. So fasting was connected with worship. And so even in the New Testament, whenever they began to celebrate the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, um, after the Last Supper, they fasted still. And it was in the early church. And so uh, we are the same church as the early church, right? And so we also must imitate our mothers and our fathers. And before we enter the presence of God, we also need to fast. Fast before we enter the presence of the Eucharistic presence of God um, at the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. So if we break the fast inadvertently uh, by forgetfulness or by losing track of time, especially like if you're like a mom with like a bunch of kids and you are, and you're taking care of your parents, you have all stuff going on and it just, you accidentally broke the fast. Like there's, there's likely no sin um, in that if it was an accident, if you were to do so deliberately, uh, which I don't think a lot of people would do, but some people are disobedient like Adam and Eve, then yeah, there would be a sin uh, and that sin would be disobedience. And uh, so it would be disobedience to to God uh, through his church, because the church is asking us to do this, right? God gave us a church. The church is the bride of Christ. And so be disobedience to the church. Uh, uh, and so if you if you realize uh, before mass that you did cut it too close, what can you do? You can go to your priest and you say, hey, Father, can you please dispense me from the Eucharistic Holy Communion fast so that I can receive at mass? Now, here's the thing. You don't have to receive communion at every single mass, you are encouraged to receive communion as often as possible because of all the graces. But at the same time, we don't go to mass to receive communion. We go to mass to worship God. Receiving communion is a bonus. It's a plus. It's a great gift. But like that's not the point of going to mass. It's not to receive communion. It's to worship God for God. I don't go to just get something from God. I go to worship God 
So uh, if you you know if you can't see the priest, then you could just be hold, withhold from receiving. Um, again, it, it wouldn't be I think a sin um, if it was an accident, but it's also something of just a discernment question of like, but like at the same time, like I don't have to receive, you know, and so and, and then that could just help help me to long for the Eucharist more um, as as well. Yeah, so I think that that. That's fine. Uh, you know, accidents happen. It's not like a canonical canon law offense, right? Um, sometimes, sometimes accidents happen. Life is messy. But again, I go back to my other point. You don't always have to receive communion. Um, we it's a great gift too to receive the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. But we go to mass to worship. Period. We go to mass to worship God. Uh, from my experience, whenever I accidentally broke the fast, I, I would just go worship God. You know, um, there were times where I have, have gone to priest and asked to be dispensed, but, uh, and mainly the few times in my life where I did break the, the Eucharistic fast out of accident, I just, I didn't receive, you know, um, but it wouldn't be if it was an accident. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I would just say, go talk to your priest and get a dispensation. Uh, so the priest could dispense that, that fast. So hopefully that was helpful. Maybe you didn't know that you could do that. And that's the show. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. All glory be to the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. I will see you next week on Christmas Day. Uh, I think this podcast airs on Christmas Day, or is it Christmas Eve? I think it's Christmas Eve. I don't know, but long story short, I will be doing a special prayer for you for Christmas and for, for New Year's. So stay tuned for that. God bless. God bless.